This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 7th, 2021. Living your best life, the common denominator. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Here at home, I'm Alan. You may have forgotten that. I'm Carrie. This is like really weird. We have not brought the message since October 10th. There you go. Wow. But you've had some great messages while we've been uh, having some respite, and it is really good to be back. Alan, I just want to say that there's people online who are veterans as well. Thank you so much for serving. Absolutely. Thank you. So today we start a new series. It's entitled Living Your Best Life. In this series, we're going to be uh, looking at some actions, some attitudes, some approaches that, leading, that lead to all, getting all you can out of the life God has given you. This morning, our focus is on the common denominator. The common denominator. So I had this really funny experience this morning before we ever got started as we're talking about living our best life. Um, Devin, our daughter, was here early by 7.15 to rehearse and uh, for the, with the praise team. And so that meant that TC, her husband, dressed the kids and brought them to church. Well, actually, Harper, our nine-year-old granddaughter, dressed herself. And so she is standing there like, hi, Ree, I'm, I'm Ree. And I look, and Devin notices she has glitter eyeshadow on. She has lip gloss, which we can't see under her mask. She's wearing a new shirt, and she found her mom's boots and put them on. And she comes in, and it's like she is living her best. Here I am. Here I am. And I just thought that is so cool to kind of like just be who she wants to be. And Marianne, you had her in the gym, and she is one. Marianne, bless her heart, Alan, you don't know this, but Marianne and Melissa, I don't know if anything changed, but at 9 o'clock, they had our three grandchildren. Yeah. No, I, was anybody else in there? Oh, you just had our three. Thank you. So, Thank you. Yes, yes. But living your best life. We are so glad that you're here today. It's an honor to uh, be able to bring the message and also you online who are joining us. Would you, uh, we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. It's a day where we can worship you freely because of those who have gone before us, who have um, set their lives aside for our freedom. Thank you. Help us never take that for granted. Lord, we're here because... um, You are the ultimate freedom giver. Uh, Thank you for freeing us in so many ways. And we offer this time to you. Settle us in. May we be changed and transformed. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Living your best life. So I thought, "Ah, just out of curiosity, I'm going to Google that, see what I get. So I Google living your best life, and in two-thirds of a second, two-thirds of a second, I got 3 billion, that's a B, 3 billion, 740 million search results. Isn't that amazing? In, 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 in two-thirds of a second, 
not just the speed, but the number, three and, and three-quarter almost billion. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it seems that a lot of people want to know how to live their best life, and there are plenty of people willing to tell them how to find it. There you go. There you go. So today, we start with the topic, living your best life, the common denominator, what it means to lead a life successfully, to successfully lead your best life. Now, she's leading her best life because she does whatever she wants to do whenever she wants to do it, right? No matter what. So sweet. Um, the word success, though, is kind of a tricky word. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that word because the world has this whole definition of success that is actually different than the spiritual definition of success. And we tend to measure ourselves against the world versus what God wants for us. Here's the definition that we are working on, our spiritual definition of success. It is obedience to God, empowered by the Spirit of God, motivated by the love of God. That's our working definition. Let's say that together. Obedience to God, empowered by the Spirit of God, motivated by the love of God. And so we're going to talk about like worldly success, but ultimately what we're talking about is that definition of success. Somebody that I listen to a lot, he's a pastor, a podcaster, author. His name's Craig Rochelle. His church, Life Church, is um, they originated the Bible app that so many of us use for our Bible on our phones and our devotions. He, I was listening to one of his podcasts, and he said that successful leaders, remember that definition, that successful leaders are those who are disciplined. Now, that's kind of a bad word, too, discipline. But it's just not an occasional once-in-a-while discipline, but an ongoing, every-kind-of-day discipline. Groeschel says that in this podcast, those who get the most out of the podcast, those who listen regularly, even at the same time of day, exhibit this definition that I referred to of spiritual success. And so they were deliberate in their listening. They made it part of their habit to listen, not just random, but most of them, same time, every morning. Okay. In his book, Take the Stairs, there we go, that's, uh, that's Rory Vaden, his book, Take the Stairs, he has a chapter entitled Sacrifice, and in that chapter he shares that throughout our lives, we make thousands of choices that basically boil down to two sets of criteria influencing our decisions. He says that one part of our brain is processing with emotion and impulse, encouraging us to do what feels good. You know that old thing, if it feels good, do it, right? Yeah. The other part of our brain is analytical, evaluating what is rational, encouraging us to do uh, what makes sense logically. And so he says these two forces are in a constant tug of war, pulling us back and forth in opposite directions. So we know from a rational viewpoint that we know what we should do. 
and while our emotional side encourages us to do what we'd like to do, what we should do, but what we want to do. You know, that short-term feeling to a long-term win or success, they are sometimes uh, colliding with one another. So it would be so easy to go for the easy way instead of doing the hard work that ultimately leads to, to this spiritual success. So according to Vaden, the choices are in direct conflict. And we agree with that. He says that successful people know that choosing what feels good in the short term is often a shortcut to what is best in the long run. They also know that creating an easy life in the long term requires choosing challenging activities right here, right now. For example, to be secure financially, it's not about spending your paycheck as soon as you get it, but it's about thoughtfully, carefully, no matter how little or how much we have, being diligent about what is wise in the long run. Uh, being successful in business, there certainly is a, a price to pay. Dot, I'm looking at you the way that you have to work your business to be successful. You're not like doing it for today, but you're doing it for the long run. There's price to be paid in all of that. So it even means instead of taking the elevator, it means taking the stairs as this book um, talks about seven steps to achieving, achieving true success. Take the stairs. So what Groeschel and um, Vaden share with us isn't anything new, is it? No, it's nothing new. Years ago, I was an agent with the Prudential Insurance Company, and um, I came across, we have uh, shelves with all kinds of brochures on them, you know, like, a, and, um, and I had a little brochure there called The Common Denominator of Success. Common Denominator of Success. It was written by a guy named Albert E.N. Gray. Um, uh, Gray had been um, 30 years with the company, both as an agent and as an official. And, um, uh, and he first gave this message back in 1940. Wow. 1940 to a national gathering of insurance agents, different companies, uh, 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 not a company thing, but an industry-wide kind of a meeting. And having been in sales and sales instruction, he had purposely set out to find what was it that made insurance, people in the insurance business successful. Some were successful, some not. What was that thread, that common denominator? And when, what he came to realize after a lot of research and study and that the underlying secret of success didn't just apply to those in insurance, but it was, it was all areas of endeavor and, and to everyone who'd ever succeeded. And it was really simple what he came across. The common denominator of success was this. Those who are successful have formed the habit of doing the things that failures don't like to do. Those who are successful do the things, have formed the habit to do things those who aren't successful aren't willing or won't do. It's, it, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's like, well, duh. Yeah, but, you know, it's common to all areas of endeavor across the board. It makes sense. So I'll give you a, just a simple example, because uh, we often think of success like in athletics, right? Anybody here ever heard of Larry Bird? Yeah, so 
successful college guy, you know, nationally known, and uh, on the Boston Celtics for his whole career, leader of that team to many championships. Basketball great Larry Bird used to shoot 200 free throws every day before school. You, you see, that's a habit. That's a habit that not too many other people ever is that 200. Plus, he was generally the first at practice to get there and the last to leave. You see, he had established those habits, making him successful that many who were less successful weren't willing to do. Well, we could go on about different things, but we hope that you understand what we're trying to get at. Can you give me a thumbs up so I know that you're with us? Got it. Okay. How successful people do the things that what we're calling unsuccessful people don't want to do. So what does that have to do with us right here, right now at Connection Community Church, where our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers? Well, what is true in athletics and other pursuits is true in our spiritual walk as well. Those who are walking close to God have formed a habit of doing things that others won't do or don't do. They regularly and repeatedly do things that help them connect with Jesus and the new life he offers. So when we say yes to that relationship with Jesus Christ, that's not the end, is it? Actually, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of a lifetime of getting ever closer to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, we have a churchy word for that. We find it throughout, throughout Scripture, kind of a churchy word called sanctification. Say sanctification. sanctification. Yeah, at home, type in sanctification. I won't check you for spelling. Sanctification, or to be sanctified. It's a, it's a fancy word that simply means set apart for special use, uh, made holy or sacred, sanctified. We believe that we live our best lives closer, the closer we get to God, as God prepares us for whatever it is He wants uh, to use us for. And that's not through our doing, it's through God's grace, God's unconditional love for us, that God brings us ever closer to Him, draw ever closer, and God sanctifies us, makes us holy, set apart for his special use. And that's God's doing. That's all God's doing. But, but here's the thing that I just marvel about God. God gives us choice. Amen? And, and God gives us choice to go along, or he gives us a choice to say, thanks, no. I'm going to fight you on that. You want to draw me, I don't want to come closer. We have, we have that choice to work against God or to work with God in this process. And like anything else, <laughs> fighting God often means taking the easy route based on emotion rather than logic, choosing short-term comfort over long-term benefit. Let's face it, uh, following God, getting along with God, doing God's will isn't always the easiest thing in the world, is it? No, not at all, especially by the world's standards. Yeah. Pure and simple, those who are different, but the thing is, those who get closer to God, who work with God, are those who are deliberately choosing to do the things that aren't necessarily comfortable and easy. 
pure and simple, those who are disciplined enough to form the habit of doing those things that draw them closer to God, those who are walking closer to God, allowing God to prepare them for what is to come. It's because that habit's been formed of choosing not always the easy thing, but the thing that will draw us closer. So the way that we work with God is by establishing regular habits. I like the word deliberate that Alan used, to be deliberate in, in our connection, and we call them spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines. The person who is kind of the guru of this is Richard Foster, and he has a great book on spiritual disciplines. He names the spiritual disciplines and kind of unpacks them, but a few uh, are uh, reading and meditating on the Word of God, a daily devotion, of course, prayer, there's fasting, there's worship, there's service, generosity, celibacy and singleness, fidelity and marriage. There are others. We read on his uh, website, revere.org, he says this, disciplines do not earn us favor with God or measure spiritual success. They are exercises which equip us to live fully and freely in the present reality of God. And God works with us, giving us grace as we learn and grow. And so it's through like regular prayer that we draw closer to God. That's one of the spiritual disciplines that helps draw us closer. And, and I'm not talking about the Christmas wish list kind of prayer. You know, where, God, this is what I would like you to do. Check it off when it's done, please, and get back to me. Now, the kind of prayer I'm talking about is where we approach God in humility, <laughs> acknowledging our need of a Savior, uh, where we talk to God, and, you know, you got two ears, so where we listen to God, maybe even more than we talk. We establish a, a habit, a routine, a, a regular ongoing practice of talking with Notice I didn't say talking to, but talking with God. That's a two-way street there. And you know, that's not always easy, is it? No, it's not always easy. Habits never are. I, they say, and I don't know who they is, but somebody along the line, I picked this up. You know, it takes 39 repetitions to establish a good new habit. You know, maybe it's 37, maybe it's 4, but I heard 39. And then I heard it only takes one repetition to establish a bad habit. <laughs> 39 to 1 ratio. Think about that. It's a whole lot easier to establish the bad ones than the good ones, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good habits, they take time. They take, they take the three Ps, patience, practice, and perseverance. There you go. So spiritual disciplines. It's hard to work on all of them at once. And so what I do is I kind of focus on one or two or three at a time to try to use that discipline <coughs> to draw me closer to God so that I can hear the will of God. For example, um, Bible study, reading the Bible has been a spiritual discipline um, for a long time for me, but most recently I have this place in my house where I've got my stack of books, it's in the sunroom, there's a lot of light, and that's where I go every morning, usually with a cup of coffee, and sit with God. I've tried other places in the house, and it just doesn't work for me. Like, that's the set-aside space 
to connect with God. I needed to change it up a little bit because I was feeling, I don't know what I was feeling. So I added, in addition to my small group Bible study, which was studying Gideon, which is awesome. But anyway, I needed to add something personal for me. And so I started uh, journaling. And I read a chapter of a gospel a day, pick out what's hitting me, and then journal on that. So that is a, a spiritual discipline that I did a couple years ago, and now I'm back at it so that that can draw me closer. And you know, the days that I miss it, I'm not 100%, but the days I miss it, it really feels like something's missing because it is. Mm. Now, I just want to say, those of you in this room that are raising kids and get them, getting them ready for school and getting them on the bus and then getting dinner and then taking them to a lesson and doing this and that, I know it's hard. Been there. I know it's hard. But if you can figure it out, and maybe when you're in the car, listen to a podcast or listen to you version of the Bible and listen to the scripture that way, but try even 15 minutes somehow to get yourself centered. It will set you up for when life throws curveballs because you've already established the discipline of connecting with God. And so just we're, we're hoping that you can make that a priority. Mm. Here's another thing. It's important to remember spiritual disciplines are not, let me say that again, they're not the source of our salvation. Our salvation is not dependent on how much we pray, how much we read the Bible, how many daily devotions we read. Our salvation comes from the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, pure and simple. It's his giving his life for you and me, paying a price we can't play, pay, and, and us accepting that free gift of salvation that he offers, uh, inviting him into a relationship, into our lives, and, and being willing to release ourselves to him. And that gives us an eternity with God. Wow. <laughs> That's a good deal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't deserve it, and we certainly can't afford it. We can't earn it no matter how many daily devotions we do. No. Engaging, in, engaging in spiritual disciplines, don't give us, they don't give us salvation, but they allow us to get ever closer to the one who gave us salvation. They allow us to get closer in relationship with the one who created us. They allow us to better know and understand God's way and God's will for our lives. It's like any other relationship. The more we work at it, the closer we get. And so that's our way of working with God as he sanctifies us, preparing us for his plan for our lives. That relationship with us and God, we're reminded of in Isaiah 64, verse 8. And this is what the prophet Isaiah shares. But now, O Lord, you are our Father, Stay with me. We, we are, are the, the clay, clay and you, you are, are our potter. potter. We, we are, are all the work of your, your hand. hand. Never forget it. So in, in his letter to the church at Ephesus, the Apostle Paul writes this. I'm reading Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, and then 15 through 21. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love 
as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord. I loved when we did that at the beginning of the service. With your heart, giving thanks always and for doing everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so these spiritual disciplines... Help us to be imitators of Christ, imitators of God. Help us to walk wisely, making the best use of our time, helping us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The disciplines help us to do this, and the more we make those disciplines part of our routine, a habit, if you will, the more successful we will be in getting ever closer God. Successful, not in comparison to one another. You know, we're not, we're not on a sheet who's number one, who's number two, who's number three. Not that. But successful in our sanctification and successful in working with God to get ever closer in our relationship. Successful people form the habits of uh, doing the things unsuccessful people won't do. As I said a moment ago, life throws us curveballs, doesn't it? And if we don't have a firm foundation, then we feel like we're sinking. And these spiritual disciplines help give us the foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ, but they draw us closer to him. Sometimes there's curveballs, you know, we're like, okay, caught it, I'm going to manage. And then other times they're 100 miles an hour and just slay us to the ground. There is one family in our church who is experiencing a curveball right now. It's the Edwards family. We've been praying for Josh. Josh is in sixth grade. He's 12. His parents are Fran and Micah. Fran is the, the lead team leader of our church. And I don't lift them up for this to say that their prayer request is more important than anybody else's. We lift them up because what I want you to hear in a Facebook post that Micah put out on all over Facebook, and we have their permission, is that the spiritual disciplines that they have been working out with their family for their whole life, and we know it because we've been watching and a part of their family for their whole, you know, for Josh's whole life, is serving them well at probably the worst time of their life. And so this post was posted on Thursday. Hi, Facebook. It's been a while with good reason. Over the past four weeks, we've been in the hospital with our son as a result of an autoimmune encephalitis relapse. Some of you may recall that we were in the hospital for two months last year for the same diagnosis. We are asking everyone to pray for this child of God. So ding, 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 that's the first thing. They're depending on prayer and they know that Prayer will cover them, okay? Spiritual discipline of prayer. 
We thought that we were on the road to recovery until we had a horrible relapse tonight. In both instances of this diagnosis, it's been listed as a presumed case of autoimmune encephalitis as none of his tests have come back definitively. We are heartbroken and frustrated with the uncertainty of his health at this point. And then they go on to ask, you know, for resources, if anybody knows. And then he writes, this has tested everything in us and it has been a struggle for our family and our community. Okay, now check this out. We know we have the victory in him and ask everyone to claim the victory as well. This kind of faith just doesn't happen. It happens because they pray together as a family. They've had devotions as a family and they are depending on their faith to carry them through. And so, again, if we're not like saying, oh, their prayer request is more important than somebody else's, but it's an example of working out spiritual disciplines as a family because it's all we got, our foundation in Jesus Christ. Now, Erin, our daughter works at AI, and she went to go visit. She's like, we're not allowed to see him, but she was able to get in because she works there. And um, she... <laughs> Josh was preaching to her yes last night, like, you know, you're a child of God, you know, Jesus loves you, and, you know, you're wired, blah, blah, blah. and, like, here's this little kid who's, like, completely out of control, but because of what his parents have planted in him, he knows that Jesus will carry him. So that's our point in sharing this. Spiritual disciplines are critical to help carry us through the mountaintops, and the very deep valleys of our lives. That's why we need them. Go pray. Yeah, I'll pray. So God, we lift up um, Josh right now. I don't know if they're watching, but uh, we pray. We know that you are the great physician, and you uh, can heal and give him total wholeness. Lord, thank you for his faith. Thank you for mustard seed faith that I heard uh, Micah depend on. Thank you for... Uh, their faith, and for everyone here, whatever needs uh, are, we lift them up to you, God. And we thank you for carrying us through. Help us lean into you in our discipline so that we know you more and so that we can trust you with everything we've got. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you have a prayer request that there's a thing on your seat in front of you, just scan it. It'll bring up the Connect card, which we hope everybody fills out every week, and put in your prayer request. And then our team will pray for you this week. This being a common denominator, Jesus can be our common denominator as well. It can be yours, it can be mine, just like with the Edwards. We're transformed, we're made new, not through anything we've done, but by what Jesus did on the cross loving us enough to give his life for you and for me. That being said, God calls us into, I call it a partnership, giving us tools to meet the challenges of life. Spiritual formation, that's how we come to a relationship. Spiritual formation, it comes through these disciplines we're talking about. Spiritual formation comes as a result of practicing the spiritual disciplines, drawing us closer into that relationship with God, allowing us to become ever more conformed to Christ through the power of God's Holy Spirit, the common denominator of those that draw closer in addition to Jesus Christ is that they form the habit of doing the things 
that others won't do. They're having their best life. And so the question is, what about you? You having your best life? <laughs> do you want to draw closer, growing in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to do the things that others won't do? Pure and simple. That's the question. Yeah. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. Most holy God, I marvel that you give us choice. The choice to love you and the choice to push you away. But that's what you do. I thank you for your love, for your unconditional love. And I thank you for giving us these disciplines that we may engage in that help us to, to, to know you better, to draw closer to you, to, to deepen our relationship. Lord, I pray for me and each one here that you would help us to establish those habits that draw us closer, helping us to be better in, 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 in our walk with you, realizing that our salvation is not in our hands, but it's in, in your hands, Lord. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. All those gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.